Well, let's talk for talk about Nike for for a second. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about Apple, Microsoft, um, and Nike's building its brand. They they made it more than just about the technology of their shoes or their clothes in a in a fitness or sport way. Came out with a whole brand strategy of just do it. Yeah. You know, they made it about fitness. They made it about sport in general and going beyond just their product. It's kind of the mentality of, well, we hope that you buy from us in this product, but at the end of the day, we really want you out there. Just just do it. Right. Get yourself healthy. Get yourself active. Right. And so forth. And that's what they made their their tribe and their brand about was just doing it. Yeah. Um, they make you feel good wearing their products. Make you feel good wearing yeah. their products and so forth. Well, again, the tribe to tribe is you got Nikes on, you see somebody else with Nikes on, mm-hmm. there's an instant connection there. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co host, Danny McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Danny McDowell. And as always, I'm your other co-host, Zach Levy, and today we're also joined again by my wonderful wife, Megan. Hello. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. Um, Got a good episode for you today. I'm going to be featuring a book from another author, not Simon Sinek this time, but Seth Godin. Uh, The book is called Tribes. It's a fairly small, short book. Um, It's an easy read. You can easily do um, a couple nights or a week or whatever, but as you can tell from the title, um, it's all about trying to find people that you resonate with in life, wouldn't you say, Zach? Most definitely. I mean, um, especially current world, we're in a connectivity or a connected society. Connectors are who thrive. So building that tribe. Right. As I was saying before we started recording, so when we Talk about generating value. Um, and use, an, use an analogy. Uh, you can generate all electricity that, that you can make. But if you don't have any businesses or residences that are connected to you to receive that electricity, then electricity doesn't really bring any value to the world, right? Right. It's sort of a gee whiz. That's nice to know, but... You're not helping society, you're not helping the world and move forward unless there's somebody on the other side to receive the value that you're generating, um, either in your life or in business. So tribes is all about finding the people that appreciate, want, um, 
and are, have an ability to receive the value that you're trying to generate in the world. Um, so they're the important other ends, the pertinent, important partner, if you will, of when you're trying to generate value in the world, uh, to have somebody to receive it. So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about today, what, what is a tribe and why is it important and what are some of the important aspects um, to keep a tribe thriving, if you will. I mean, first thing is to find or to build a tribe, there's got to be a common purpose or at least a common interest there. Yes. Is number one. I mean, that, that, that kind of, I think, may seem obvious, but it's the foundation of it is like-mindedness. Right. There's a shared interest and there's also um, a need or a desire mm -hmm. for it, right? Right. Um, particularly when you get into the personal people's personal lives to have a need for something, you got to find a tribe or a person that can generate that kind of value in your life and for you to receive it. Right. Right. I think this can even go all the way back to when you're in childhood you're, you're a young kid. Mm -hmm. You find, you hang out with, even in kindergarten, you hang out with kids that you have something in common with. Kids right. that want to play with the same toys you want to play with and do the same activities at recess as you want to do. Right. So it's kind of like an inherent human condition to find those people that have a common interest. Right. Whether they be into sports or they like video games or right. um, play house, play with dolls, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, the, you know, the childhood kinds of things you're always looking for. Somebody has an inherent passion or desire for that kind of activity. And so you start to find your tribe within your neighborhood. Right. Right. Um, so the two important things I think we're trying to get to here, but what you need to have a tribe is just like you said, Zach, number one is a shared interest, a shared passion, a shared desire for a common result, growth in the world or something of that nature. And the other one is to have a, an ability to communicate with each other, right? You got to find, find the person or the people, and then you got to be able to communicate, to share ideas, to experience activities and to get the results um, that everybody in the tribe is looking for. Uh, so you got to have those two elements. If you don't have those two elements, then you don't have a tribe. Right. And we look at our, I mean, we look at society today with, with a way to communicate. There are so many different medium to communicate through. I mean, you turn on, TV and there's an ad for Facebook groups, people that are fashion or identify this way, that way. I mean, our whole social media platform has been built around creating new tribes as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, a tribe can exist in just a show, social group um, inside of business and a friend group. It, it's really about just having that common interest and having ways to communicate that common interest and move towards a common want, need, desire, or goal, or a common why, if you will. Right. And something that inherently comes out of this is is what? Leadership, right? Right. You got to have some kind of leadership that exists within right. the group or the tribe um, in order to keep it going move it, you know, if it needs to move in a certain direction or make change in the world, what are you collectively as a group going to do as a tribe? Right. 
to try and make that happen in the world or, or a small piece of the world or in your neighborhood or whatever it might be. Um, leadership is a natural activity that needs to happen in order to keep everybody engaged, keep everybody together collectively as a group and to, to move the tribe forward, so to speak, in life. And naturally, tribes need leaders. I mean, you look at any organization, the minute there's not a leader, the main priority is to appoint the next leader mm -hmm. or to find the next leader, even though that tribe may be functioning a group of people moving towards a common goal still needs that person to look to or those people to look to those individuals right? to lead. Um, and I really think it, it kind of happens naturally and organically in the right tribes as well. They naturally pop their heads up. Um, and within that tribe, I mean, there's got to be, like I said, the, the proper communication. Otherwise, it, you know, if the head's not talking to the foot, the body doesn't work. Right. Right. So, you know, really, and I love in tribes, what he talks about is leadership isn't always coming from the top, right? Nope. There's different forms of communication. It's not just if we're a tribe and I'm the leader, you know, it's not, as we've talked about the different styles of leadership in the past, it's not always the autocratic, Andy, do this, Megan, do this. This is the way, <laughs> right? Yeah, there's different, there's different types or different forms of leadership. I mean, you might have somebody who's in middle management or a low-level executive that's really the cultural leader within a business. Right. They're not the CEO. They're not necessarily part of the high-level executive team, but by either their title within the company um, denotes them as a cultural leader or just by the nature of his or her actions, um, talking to individuals in the hallway or whatever it might be within a company they're seen as the cultural leader in the, mm -hmm. in the company. And so they're not, not necessarily compensated for that. They just mm -hmm. by de facto, by the personality or the leadership style, they ended up being that way. Well, and you know, it, it was kind of put this way is leading from the bottom. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of times successful tribes have leaders at every level. Right. That's why I say the, the, the number one, item for a leader is influence mm -hmm. and you can influence anywhere within within a company or a business well, it kind of brings me back to reference um another book actually one of my favorite leadership writers john maxwell mm -hmm. um wrote a book leadership 360 that i read years ago talking about no matter whether it's you know the, you know, to talk kind of about the four forms of communication within a tribe, whether it's leader to tribe, tribe to leader, tribe to tribe, or tribe to others, it can be up, down, around. That leadership can come from anywhere and go anywhere. I mean, building teams, building our tribe in business, it doesn't always have to be business, but building our tribe in business, I've always encouraged my people, hey, look, what's your feedback, right? I'm not 100% always right. I'm always open. What can you give me and what do you think we could make better? Because again, we're all moving towards a common goal. So I don't always see the 360 view that somebody else might have a different perspective that might may be able to better that. Yeah. It boils down to people's strengths and weaknesses. You know, yep. um, you might have somebody that's a technical leader within the tribe um, that's providing technical expertise and in influencing product decisions or, service um, 
offerings or something of that nature. They're they're a technical leader within the company, even though they, you know, in the hierarchy of things, might be five levels down from the CEO. Right. Um, from that perspective, so while we're on the business subject, it's important to say that there there are tribes within a company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There probably multiple tribes. Uh, within a company, and then there's the tribe that's outside of the company that is the people that you're hunting down or searching for. The consumer. That's or going the to client. be the consumer of the value that you right. generate in in the okay. world. You know that you're finding a problem that they have that you're trying to solve with your product or service is is your tribe. So you guys being in sales and distribution in your business. Uh, that's a big part of what you do is looking for the tribe that's outside of your business. Oh, absolutely. Right. Uh, trying to bring the proper products and services to help people financially grow their their assets. Right. And and it's kind of like when you when you do right by your clients, your clients are then going to become part of, you know, they're going to become part of your tribe because they believe in you, but they believe in what you do. They believe in your products. And then they're going to go share with others to increase your outside trap. Right. Absolutely. So it's important to, to, to denote that a tribe can exist anywhere. It can in, exist inside of another tribe, so to speak, mm-hmm. if you consider a company to be a tribe. Um, and it could be um, outside. Right. You know, a tribe is outside your family. Your family's a tribe, you know. It's the first tribe we experience coming into the world. As so. children, Yes. That tribe yeah, we don't get to necessarily world. choose, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we talked about the four uh, four ways of communication: leader to tribe. You know, so you're influencing tribe members as a leader to move or help move or do activities that move the tribe in a certain direction um, in life. Tribe to leader, like you said, you need the feedback, you need ideas. Um, brainstorming, and so forth and so on. Then you need the tribe to be talking tribe member to tribe member, mm-hmm. brainstorming, talking ideas, supporting uh, one another, and then tribe to outsiders. You want to find other people who want to be part of your tribe, right? Right. Keep it growing, keep it, keep it thriving. I mean, one of the most crucial, I mean, leader to tribe, yes, it's crucial because the leadership has to communicate the how, the what, Right. But I think tribe to tribe is one of the most impactful forms of communication within said tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, because from my experience, typically um, in other companies, and I've said this before um, on some of our other episodes, but when the leader says something, yeah, it's great, okay, instruction or whatever that may be, but when there's leadership that happens on a lateral level from tribe to tribe. There's so much more impact from that because then the tribe members that are on the same level are then pushing each other and communicating exactly what needs to happen. Well, I think that creates the overall tribe culture Mm -hmm. by having tribe member to tribe member communicating because I think your, your leader is responsible for communicating to the rest of the tribe what the goal is to have as the culture, but not one man can create that culture. It has to be tribe member to tribe member communicating with each other to create that environment. Right. It, um, 
one thing I like to talk about with you all is particularly in the line of business that you're in is particularly what we're, we're seeing um, in the last 10, 20 years with social media coming, coming into play and the development to try and build a brand, um, which is a, as we discussed in previous episodes, um, brand is about trust and experience that a particular person or a company has with another company. When it comes to tribes, you can start building your brand, even though somebody doesn't even buy your product or service. Just by the nature of having a passion for something, even mm-hmm. though they might, they're in a state of life where they don't need to buy a product or service from you, but yet they can be part of your tribe because your your products or services naturally deal with something out in the world that they're passionate about. Um, I, I keep coming back in my head to sort of the Microsoft Apple piece, right? right. Apple was able to develop a, a tribe um, of people that were really passionate about the products and services of Apple. To the, to the point where, you know, people standing in line to get into their launch conferences or their launch, product launch meetings and gatherings. Um, and you had all kinds of blogs and podcasts and everything just talking about Apple products. Versus a Microsoft, you just didn't see that as much. You know, they went, at, went after the business in a very different way. They really didn't right. go after that tribe kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Or culture within, um, you, you know, as we talked previously, Apple went after sort of the education, creativity side when they first launched, whereas Microsoft went heavily after business and, and productivity. Um, but well, still, they didn't bring about a, a tribe kind of culture that um, that Apple did. When I've mentioned this in the past, you compare, like you said, who they went after, but also the approach is... Apple went after really creating a deep-seated culture and a tribe. I mean, to this day, Apple people are religiously Apple people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If you're a Mac person, you are a Mac person to death, it seems like, right? And you look at the way the different companies market. And I, I mean, I think Microsoft has moved a little bit into the space because they've realized, hey, it's not about the technical side. It's about how how having our products make people feel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and creating that culture, that tribe. And that's why they have people line up when they have a new launch of a new MacBook or a new iPhone or something like that. But then typically samsung or something like that though they might have a not saying they do or don't but though they may even have a superior product they don't have the following that apple does right well they don't they don't have sort of that iconic leader that steve jobs was either i mean they can't discount the what steve jobs brought to the table as a charismatic um passionate leader Mm -hmm. that was sort of the leader of the tribe so to speak it came into play. Right. Um, I don't want to take anything away from Bill Gates. It did, you know, tremendous job in building the company and the business that it is today, but uh, I don't think anybody would 
say, safely say that he has the charisma of a Steve Jobs. Right. No. You know, in terms of a leader. And so that, I think that plays into it a little bit. And I think that that really brings up a good point on the effectiveness of building said tribe, where that comes mm-hmm. from, right? right? Comparing, again, Steve Jobs to Bill Gates, both geniuses, both built amazing businesses. But again, Apple has much more of a tribe, whereas Microsoft has much more of a business and, if you will, sell machines, <laughs> right? Right. Well, I think Steve Jobs is the first major business leader that really started bringing emotional value to the table. Right. Right. Again, the, just by the whole design aspect of the product. I you mean, mentioned the word charismatic. He made people feel great about owning that product, about how uh-huh. special they were. Um, and bringing the, the dis- disruptor model right. and the advertising. I think that's something, you know, big there is, you know, we'll get to this, but people want to be something bigger than uh, be part of something bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and simply by owning that product, they're disrupting the marketplace, doing something different. Um, and what Steve jobs was able to do so, so well was being able to transfer his passion and what he had as a vision and a goal to be a disruptor, to change the face of, you know, We'll use Mac for an example of laptops, mm-hmm. of computers, and make that so understood and easily transferable to you, to me, and be able to feel that. That's the first thing is, you know, a leader of a tribe's got to be able to have a transferable passion and to, you know, really change the way people view whatever it is that they're going after. Right. Well, it's it's the way that he was bringing um, the product and the service and so forth to the table. It was very different. I mean, just the whole graphical look, mm-hmm. the way you interacted with the operating system um, was very much different than what the early computers were like. Um, and then it's wrapped, wrapped up into um, a package the aesthetic feel. Even 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 if you were pull the top off of the early Apple computers and looked at the way it was all wired and so forth. He got down to that kind of level of detail in terms of the preciseness and the look and the way it was put together. And then the outside look uh, all brought an emotional value to, to a customer. And I, I don't know if there's anybody else to date that has been like that in the business world. Again, that's that part mindset. of the brand that he built, the, the brand culture. He built and why why there's such a huge tribe, because people recognize right. uh, what, what he and his vision have brought to the world from that perspective. Um, so you're talking about the effectiveness of the tribe. Right. Um, and we talked a little bit about trans, uh, transforming the shared interest into a passionate goal, and that's what Steve Jobs brought to the table mm-hmm. was that passion of design that passion of emotional value that was sort of built into a product uh, in a service. Um, but like we said in the beginning where you had to have a sheer interest in the way you communicate, you also got to bring about for effectiveness, you got to bring a way for members to communicate. Mm-hmm. And since the advent of the internet, 
you know, that particular aspect is off the charts now in so many different ways that through social media or even, you know, in the simple aspects of email. Right. um, Members of a tribe are able to easily communicate with each other these days across the world. Well, I mean, now we're seeing tribes, whether it be companies, whether it be Facebook groups, um, whatever they're focused around, we're able to see them grow at a just exponentially faster rate than what used to be, even with email. I mean, we, of course, definitely faster than back when we all had to use snail mail, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, now we have social media, we have Messenger, um, we have apps like Telegram where literally you can just ping everybody in that tribe in a group and everybody sees it. Mm-hmm. I mean, communication and connectivity so is like a just, mini Twitter or, or a personalized or private Twitter. Right. I mean, it's just blown off the charts. If nobody in today's world should have problems communicating with their tribe. No. <laughs> no. And your tribe has no borders now. No. As well. Right. You we, know, it doesn't have to be so localized anymore. And it really can't be anymore because of the world we live in, the society we live in right now. Well, Every, all connectivity is via video, via, um, you know, face to face through a screen, through all those forms of communication. You know, like we, Zach and I know plenty of people that we actually work with that we've never met in person before. Right. But we feel like we have because we're going through a computer screen. You sure, know, we see each have... other face to face. We see, you know, the interaction. We're just we can't touch them, but we can literally feel like we're in the same room with them. Right. It, um, Facebook um, tribes, Twitter mm-hmm. tribes, right? Um, Instagram tribes, mm-hmm. LinkedIn tribes. Yep. You know, cool. pick any kind of social platform you can. Uh, go and explore and find people that you might have a shared interest with and start a tribe. Right. Um, on those platforms. Uh, the pandemic has forced, forced companies tribe. in their effort to keep the tribe mm-hmm. together, uh, has made Zoom a household name. Yep. Well, I mean, in that, all generations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, heck, for familiar tribes, right? Mm-hmm. Zoom is even a thing. Because with the pandemic, everything, if, some family members are older, higher risk, whatever it may be, can't get together. So, hey, let's talk to mom and dad on Zoom. Right. Something like that. Facebook portal. Yeah, Facebook portal. That thing's That's awesome. revolutionary. But, um, <laughs> but like Megan was talking about with our business, um, when we went virtual, like you said, the Zoom name has become a household name. We're talking to people thousands of miles away on a daily basis, seeing them face to face. Um, and you're actually able to build a relationship and build a community and make connections more so than just a phone call because you still have the body language. You can still make eye contact and, you know, have that connection. So just makes tribes expanding that much more effective and that much more, I'd say there's more solidarity to it. Well, we've had, We've had tribes through generations. I mean, hundreds of generations going mm-hmm. back to way back when, um, in the early days of the earth. We've always had tribes. It's just that it's been limited to size and number of people. But as we find 
ways to connect with each other through uh, through visual and auditory means. Right. Uh, our tribes have grown in size, have grown in geography um, from that standpoint. I mean, the internet did incredible things in globalizing the world because we were able to form connections uh, on a real-time basis. Yep. Um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days in a year. Right. Um, from that standpoint. So the, tr the tribe um, movement, if you will, has done nothing but grown. And you've been able to find, uh, could you say, sub-tribes sub of tribes by the nature of being able to be more connected with people. Right. Um, as you sort of peel that onion back. Mm-hmm. At the core, at a big level, you might have this large tribe, but even within that tribe, you start peeling the onion back, you find out, well, I found somebody that not only has a passion for this item, and that's why we're here in this tribe, but I found a sub-tribe of people that not only are big in that, but also big in this other area, other interest or other passion that I have. Yep. Right? And so you almost sort of get in, as you peel that onion back, you get into people that are deep friends for your, for yourself because you have so many shared interests that you found because you initially went to this big tribe. Right. That kind of reminds me of uh, Zach and I being such big gym goers. We go to the same gym every morning mm -hmm. and we've met and made friends with a lot of great people in that gym. But each individual conversation that we have with those people every day is going to be different because mm -hmm. one guy Obviously, all well, I should say all the people in the gym, we all have one common interest of fitness and healthy lifestyle. Right. But with one person, we may be talking about cars. Mm -hmm. With another person, we may be talking about, you know, our spiritual faith. Another person, we may be talking about where we went to dinner Friday night, you know, because the common interest within that same interest kind of changes and bounces around from person to person. Right. So... If tribes intersect with each other, overlap yeah. with each other, um, come in all shapes and sizes, mm -hmm. whether within your business or in your personal life. If you're a member of a tribe, you're going to find other people that have another shared interest that might be another tribe uh, from that aspect. Um, but it's all it's all based off a of connection, right? It's mm -hmm. all about being either through visual means or auditory means or physically in front of each other, establishing some type of connection, some aspect of your life. And without that kind of, without that kind of connection, the tribe all falls, falls to pieces. Um, so let's say you wanted to create a tribe. Inside your business or outside your business or outside of your family. But what, what would you need to do to create a tribe? First off, I, I mean, if if we want to use a business angle on this, is you got to have a plan. You got to have a why. You got to have, have a why. You know, got to start with why. why. Exactly. All starts with why. All starts with why. So, um, publish that why. Define that why. Make it clear, concise. Know exactly why, what, and how. Right. Mm -hmm. And then. Make sure that that's easily, again, going back to the transferable part that I mentioned, make sure that that's 
able to be transferred, understood, and that passion, the why behind that is relatable to those that that tribe would be connected with. Right. So you gotta take you gotta take your why and find ways to communicate and publish it to the masses. Right. Right. To find your tribe members. You know, this is where business marketing gets into is mm-hmm. if you're doing a good job of marketing, you're communicating what your why, how, what is. Right. And you're putting it in means of different types of communication to communicate that to the other people, to find out who that resonates with, to have people that are on the receiving end of that value that you're trying to generate um, in the world. So you got to have a means to be able to communicate your why, how, what um, to the rest of the world. And that's what the internet and social media and everything is brought to the table is it's a lot easier to do that than back, you know, even 50 years ago. Right. Um, from that perspective. Um, so you got to be thinking about, okay, here's my passion. Here's my why. Um, here's my how. Now I need to communicate that through what type activities uh, to communicate that in the world to find out where that frequency resonates with, right? It's almost like an analogy would be um, the olden days of radio. Right? You got a radio station and you've got a why of rock and roll music and you want to get that out to the world. And so you're going to broadcast that on a frequency. Well, you have to have somebody that had a radio receiver on the other end that's tuning to that frequency to hear that music and start listening to you on a regular basis and become part of your tribe. Right. So to speak. So in. The business world is still sort of that way. You've got to go out there, have your why communicated out there, and then you're going to have people that sort of tune into that and find you and then start engaging with you in that connection. Right. And that really gets in today's world into the big piece of social media where tribes are almost directed to you by social media algorithms of their like, shares, and interests. Yes. So... Um, social media is a great platform for building tribes because it's all you automatically basically have a funnel if you run the right things. Well, that's how they're generating value in your life is through those algorithms to right. make it easy when they've got thousands and thousands of groups or tribes out on their social media platform. They want to make it easy for you to find that. That's right. going to make you want to stick to that platform and use it all the time. Right. So, so. it's in their best interest to do that. And right. same with. You know, as much as we hate all the advertisements and sponsored stuff that pops up, it, it's the same stuff, though. They're, you know, stuff that pops up on my feed is all stuff that I've been interested in before that I've liked about or that mm-hmm. I've researched or whatever, you know. So stuff about fitness pops up, stuff about, you know, business related stuff pops up. That's, you know, advertisements for companies that I would connect with. Well, it's a natural aspect out of marketing, right? If you- right. If you join a group or a tribe within Facebook and it's on a particular topic, if there's any products or services that are associated with that, right, they're going to start feeding advertisements feeding to that. Yep, because that's going to bring more benefit to their people paying money to advertise on mm-hmm. their platform and keep them around. Want to keep spending advertising dollars on that platform, right? So, I mean, connecting with leader to tribe, it goes back to the four forms of communication. So. Again, making it easily accessible, easily connectable um, to mm-hmm. establish that tribe, but then also 
making sure that there's a platform or a medium for tribe to communicate with tribe, mm-hmm. right? Because that's going to create that community because the glue is really between. Well, you want that energy and that passion right. to exist and live within mm-hmm. the tribe. And that happens through communication, sharing of ideas, sharing of an energy, you know, around the topic and engagement. Right. And if you don't have an ability to to do that within the tribe, the tribe's just going to fall to pieces. Right. You right. Know, it's not going to sustain itself. Right. The energy, passion between peers, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. not necessarily leader to tribe, but tribe to tribe again. Right. It That is the glue, really. Because if it's just leader to tribe, okay, there's this hierarchical connection, but then everything down here is really what bolsters up the tribe because when the tribe is excited and able to, you know, can be well connected, then that excitement shows again from tribe to outside the tribe. And then the tribe continues to grow and that energy starts to compound. So, so let's talk um, about, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. Um, a big item that Seth uh, says in tribes about getting it started is an understanding that the point of the movement or the tribe is not about money. This can hold true also I mean, that's, in business. That, that's so. a that's a biggie in the business world. It is. You know, when we we live in a corporate world where Wall Street is king and it's all about share, shareholder value. Um, as the main driver in the business and so forth, you know, that's almost blasphemy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On Wall Street, that'd be blasphemy for Seth to say that in the book that he's a heretic. You know, the <laughs> for, for the, the, the tribe's purpose or the point of, of, of the tribe is not about money. Right. I mean, I was cheering when I read that because I'm a firm believer in that. Well, I'm a believer in money is a tool, but it's not everything. Right, right. The purpose of a of a company should be solving problems out there in the market, and money is a natural outcome out of it. But if you're solving the big problems with solutions that really work out in the marketplace, then money's going to naturally flow. Exactly. Right. I mean, yes. I mean, it should be fairly high up in the desires and goals of a company because. Like just like you said, money is a tool. It allows you to play the infinite game and stay in the business and continue to bring value into the into the marketplace. But the main focus ought to be what problems are you solving out in the market, right? And know that money's just a natural outcome of that, as opposed to you know, money's the main driver, and we're gonna forget about our values and the how of our business and so forth, and just go out there and. Um, make decisions that may bring us money in the short term, but in the long term is going to make us fall flat on our face. Right. Yeah. Because we're not living our how. mm -hmm. This this relates to one of our favorite um, sayings is chase size, win the prize, chase cash, finish last. Mm -hmm. And that can relate so much to here. Chase the size of your tribe, chase the impact of, you know, and the scale of your tribe. And then that cash or that money becomes a byproduct. But if you're only focused on that, you're not focusing on the people, you're not focusing on the impact, 
it's going to shrivel up and die. Right. You're not, the value that you're bringing into the world or you're generating is not very large in size. Right. Right. The, you figure out what are the most, I mean, just think about the amount of money that pharmaceutical companies are making now, but by the very nature of the fact that they found vaccines that fight COVID. Right. It's a major, major problem in the world. And it's a large scale problem. And so those that make the vaccine are um, going to make a ton of money paid yeah. by governments to, you know, inoculate the, their citizens in the world. This right. is one example of a big problem that you're trying to solve. And by the fact you solve it, because it is such a large problem, you're going to, the money's going to naturally flow out of it. Right. Is the point I'm trying to make. Well, the, and, you know, you know, I think we should probably do a whole episode on money, but, um, <laughs> but a short snippet. And, um, this is actually from a, um, entrepreneur that I listened to Ian Pruckner. He, he actually talks about money being a direct, indirect correlation with the amount of value that you generate in the marketplace. Yes. Income is... Well, that's a trade value, right? Right. And that's why, I mean, let's talk about Jeff Bezos. Let's talk about Amazon. Okay. Is that generates a ton of value for everybody globally. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, the... I don't even know the number of transactions that happen on Amazon daily, the number of things purchased, but you know, a lot of people want to resent ultra wealthy people, but what they've done is created a ton of value in a system or a tribe, if you will, that has solved a ton of societies or humanity's problems. So people want convenience. So, Amazon allows them to buy literally anything that they can imagine <laughs> through one website. Now, not only right. does it generate value for Jeff Bezos or and the buyer, but all the sellers on Amazon. I mean, there are independent sellers on Amazon that make a million dollars a year themselves. So Jeff Bezos's Amazon platform is generating a million dollars a year in value for them as well. Yeah, it so wasn't we, always that, about the money. Right. So think about um, the business model that he initially wanted to do with just books. I mean, he mm-hmm. started off with books and then went from there in terms of products um, on the Amazon marketplace. But so you're, you're sitting there noodling in your head. Okay. How can I sell a lot of product without having to go build uh, brick and mortar in Tons of communities around the United States and eventually the world. Right. Right. What is what is the con? If you're looking at pros and cons of saying, uh, I want to, in essence, sell out of a warehouse um, in a regional way, what, what advantage does a brick and mortar have in that scenario? And, and the main one is the fact that um, a person can satisfy a need in a very short period of time, right? Hop right. in a car, drive five miles down or five minutes down the road to a brick and mortar store, mm-hmm. purchase the item, and five minutes later, you're back at home ready to use it. Right. Um, 
So with Amazon doing Amazon Prime and guaranteeing that uh, if you sign up for the Prime service for a flat fee, which is not obtrusive to most people, um, I can have it within two days. I can have it. Yeah, I can't give it to you in the same amount of time as brick and mortar, but I'm going to come close enough to you that you'd still be willing to buy from my service. You know, instead of 10, 15 minutes away of total time to get it and bring it in, and I'm going to get it within two days. Even sometimes you. there is same day. Or sometimes it is yeah. same day, but it's but being able to build a business model that gets darn close to brick and mortar without mm-hmm. all the expense yep. of the capital spent on an actual brick and mortar place, rent and everything else, right. or owning the building, plus the hiring of sales staff and everything to um, staff that to do the actual transactions and selling process of the product or service. Right. right. And also the ease that they've created with returning an item, if it's the wrong item or if it's mm-hmm. a piece of clothing, it doesn't fit, whatever the case may be, the ease of returning it is incredible. You can go to many different places. Heck, you can go to Kohl's, at least here where we mm-hmm. are. You can go to Kohl's and return. You can literally give them the item, no box, no nothing. Just give them the item and it's taken care of and you get your refund. Right. Done. That simple. Why not? Yeah, so paying Coles a little bit of money to do to do that right. handling or transaction of it, mm-hmm. but it's a brick and mortar place you can drive down the street and do that and right. get it back to Amazon um, without any shipping expense or anything nope. to you as the consumer right. to get it returned to Amazon for whatever the reason may be. Um. So found the tribe, right? Found mm-hmm. the tribe that eliminated the cons of that business model by finding strategies to to eliminate those or as close to as possible that you can still win over the win over the customer. And now now they're buying their own jets and their own services to yeah. get product uh, from from one side of the country to the other. Right. Uh, to eliminate uh, the need to purchase that kind of service from somebody else like a UPS or a FedEx by the growth of their business. They right. now, well, now can leverage that. They leverage it and to our next point, they, of course, track it. Every single point of data is tracked right. within Amazon. And, you know, one of the things I've always learned growing up in business is you grow what you track. You improve upon what you track. So... If you want that tribe to grow, track your metrics. You know, how many people come into your tribe versus how many leave? What's the turnover ratio? Right. Well, it's a, all metrics that sort of lead to the question of what value is being generated exactly. by having this tribe. And Look, is it is it living and breathing and, and growing? And right. then how do we leverage the tribe? Because by truly serving your original why and your tribe's purpose, if it's generating the value that it should, the tribe will organically grow. So if you're tracking it and you're not growing, where where is the one of your pillars of communication are falling down? That's a possibility. The why is not strong enough and transfer, mm-hmm. transferable enough or big enough for others to fit into it. Because if it's a singular, you know, 
if it's you and a couple other people, you're never going to grow that tribe. It's got to be a much, much bigger vision. Right. Right. So tracking those things and being able to make adjustments to, to the processes and the mechanics along the way, if you will. And I just like, I just like this notion of if you don't make it about money, then you're making it about the passion and so forth that you can have somebody that's not even necessarily a customer of yours. Maybe they're in a long-term contract they can't get out of and they're not your customer at the moment, but they share a passion um, or an energy for what you're pushing out of your business and can still be a member of your tribe because right. money, it's not about the money. You know, it, it, money will naturally flow out of it if they can see what you're trying to accomplish in the world and how you're solving the problems. They may not be a customer money's not flowing at the moment. It might be in three years or five years when their contract ends with their current vendor uh, from that standpoint. But if you, if you don't look at it from that perspective, you're missing out on a lot of growth for your tribe. Uh, when you say, no, it's just about my customer base and who's actually spending money with me. Right. Um, it, you're losing on an ability to have a bigger tribe and a bigger brand out in the world and then naturally have people that aren't your customers come be your customers when they get out of their contracts and their responsibilities in the contract. Right. Um, so I think that's important. I think that's probably the most important message out of our, our episode today is to have that mentality about it. If you're looking to build a tribe with your, with your business. Uh, so let's wrap up uh, today's episode by talking about um, some of the principles you need to live by in order to have a successful tribe that Seth talks about in his book. So, um, I mean, one of the biggest with leadership in general is transparency and or vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Right? Letting people be able to connect and see, see inside, if you will. Yeah, you don't have any... Um, other motives or hidden agendas, mm-hmm. you know, right. by bringing these group of people together in a tribe. Right. Um, keep people engaged in your leadership by being transparent. Let them see that you're human. You do make mistakes and you own up to your mistakes and try to improve things, right? Right. I mean, a key pillar of leadership in that example is, you know, take blame for all the mistakes and give credit for all the good. Mm-hmm. Give away credit, take all the blame. Right. And be transparent about it. Be human. Um, and something I brought up earlier, the the movement has got to be bigger than you and bigger than them even. Well, we've mentioned that in several episodes. Yeah. I mean, that's um, a that common thing. <laughs> it is a common thing. Yeah. Um, it's got to be bigger than you. This is not a um, an exercise in narcissism. This is an exercise <laughs> in... Um, servant leadership, really. servant leadership, um, being out there trying to solve problems in the world, helping the world move to a better place. Uh, from that aspect, if you if, if that's not the main um, reason that you're doing it, you're you're, in my opinion, you're destined to fail, right? You know, because eventually people are going to see through it and um start leaving, the tribe's going to start falling apart when they see that it's not really about what you say it is uh, from that aspect. Um, you also want, the, you also want the, the tribe or the movement to grow. 
well, get scale. You're not growing, you're dying is what I was always told. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's, it's in anything in life, right? You want it to grow. You want your mindset to grow. You want your family to grow. You want your business to grow. You know, it means that you're out there generating value in the world if it's growing, right? It's not dying. Right. Um, and it keeps you in the game. Well, again, uh, we've talked about this, you know, ad nauseum, I think, but you've got to have a growth mindset in any leadership position to build a tribe. It's got to be a growth mindset, an abundance mindset. Because if you're not if you're not focused on that, then the tribe followers are going to be seeking for more. And if the tribe is not providing more, if the tribe leader is not providing more mm-hmm. value, more you know accessibility stuff like that, they're going to go find a different tribe a different that's going to provide that feeling and that's going to fulfill that want or that need. Well, and the world changes too, right? right? The world is not stagnant. The world no. changes. So problems change. Um, we evolve. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we grew to a certain point and then we need to grow to, to the next point down the road, all in an effort to have overall growth through, through our life, uh, whether it be an individual's life or a business business's life. Then... Throwing it back to a former episode, abundance versus scarcity, is you got to have a growth mindset. The movement's got to be growing. Mm-hmm. I was hitting, there, I was hitting there too in my head. And um, <laughs> but you've got to have an abundance mindset, a growth mindset, but you also have to be a a, a scarce commodity yourself. You've got to be unique, right? There, right. You can't, you know, you can't look like all the others out there that are in your same sphere, right? You've got to have a unique quality. You've got to stand out. And if you will, be the unicorn to really right. grow unless, that tribe. Unless you have some kind of um, geographical boundary or something that allows multiple tribes that have the same why to mm-hmm. exist, um, then, you need, then you really need to be unique mm-hmm. um, from that perspective. In certain spaces, especially in business, it's difficult. And it's really, you know, those that stand out are the ones that have figured out how to be unique. Mm-hmm. You know, like brands like Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. They rule the sports fitness world. You have some other companies that you know their name, but which ones are you drawn to first? Those three, hands down. Because they have created a unique brand and have developed followers of their tribe. Mm-hmm. That stay loyal to that tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, they've gotten themselves into spaces. They sp- sponsor, you know, college athletic teams to put themselves in that top position. Um, and they're forever growing, changing their products, making them more appealing to the consumer, not just spitting out the same stuff every year. Well, let's talk for talk about Nike for for a second. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about Apple, Microsoft. Um, and Nike's building its brand. They they made it more than just about the technology of their shoes or their clothes in a in a fitness or sport way. Came out with a whole brand strategy of just do it. Yeah. 
You know, they made it about fitness. They made it about sport in general and going beyond just their product. It's kind of the mentality of, well, we hope that you buy from us in this product, but at the end of the day, we really want you out there. Just, just do it. Right. Get yourself healthy, get yourself active. Right. And so forth. And that's what they made their, their tribe and their brand about was just doing it. Yeah. Um, they make you feel good wearing their products. Make you feel good wearing yeah. their products and so forth. Well, again, the tribe to tribe is you got Nikes on, you see somebody else with Nikes on, mm-hmm. there's an instant connection there. Well, I mean, all the whole conversation about the various styles of Air Jordans mm-hmm. they've had through the years. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in college, I worked in a, in a sporting goods store. And the number of times I sat there with a mother and father and a child who really wanted Air Jordans, the most <laughs> expensive shoe on the shelf, <laughs> you know, and I, I would oftentimes just get up and say, I'll, I, I'm going to go help another customer and check in with, in with you a minute while you have this disagreement. I want to of us try to decide, do you want, do you want the 20 pair, you know, $20 pair of sneakers or the $50 pair of sneakers that's going to be worn out in a year? Right. You yep. know, either because the foot grew bigger or it's uh-huh. just so active in the shoe. Yep. They've created you know. a tribe and a culture. A tribe you and know? a culture and a brand. When the new one comes out, every store selling them has mm-hmm. a line wrapped around the building down the street. Right. You know, always wanted <laughs> the la- latest and greatest. It's absolutely you crazy. Know? But that's, that's, that's the power and the effectiveness mm-hmm. if you can build a tribe. Uh, like we, we said, Zach, it's bigger than yourself. It's bigger than your products and services. Your why is about fitness and sport and staying healthy and staying active in your life. Mm-hmm. It made it about that. Um, you're going to get more people in your tribe. Your tribe's going to be bigger and they're mm-hmm. going to be loyal to you, as you said, Megan, yep. um, in it. I just think that's a great, great example of um, you know being unique in the power of, power of the tribe um, when you can make it bigger than yourself, um, bigger than just the problem that yep. your uh, product solves. Yeah, mm-hmm. I need something on my feet when I go out walking or whatever. No, it's more It's more than that. It's more about living an active lifestyle. And if you live an active lifestyle, then we have a lot to offer you, generating value in the life, to, to have the equipment and the tools, if you will, necessary to be active in your life. And that's what we want to make it about. And if we do that, we're going to be in the infinite game because we're thinking long-term because as long as there's human beings are around, health is going to be a huge issue. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's brilliant. I mean, you you put on anything Nike and it just screams, I'm an athlete. Yeah. Whether you are or not, it screams it. It makes you feel like one. Well. <laughs> Close to your heart, making this, you know, I'm going to, if I can't play, have a good golf game, I'm at least going to look good while I'm doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to. You've got to. I don't know how many times I've said that in my life. Well, at least I look good. Exactly. (laughs) Don't have a great golf swing, but at least I look good. That's the way I feel every time I step on a golf course. Um, But then also protecting that, that culture, that tribe. That's another big part is... This may sound, and this is not meant to sound harsh, but excluding outsiders. Mm-hmm. Not keeping people out, but keeping people who don't belong in that tribe out. Well, maintaining the why, right? right. Maintaining that it doesn't get perverted in some thought, way right? or or somebody, or a major disruption or people trying to take you off track, so to speak. It's, it's about um, 
keeping it intact right in terms of its integrity um if you will so you, you have to do a little bit of protection of mm-hmm. it uh, for that perspective particularly if you're doing it as a as a company you're trying to protect your brand um your reputation uh, as we said the brand's all about experience and trust if you're not out there monitoring it and getting feedback from those outside your company in the tribe and so speak uh, so to speak you don't um the tribe might go away right because you're not protecting it right. in a good way um and then lastly the m- main principle Seth talks about is about building your followers up right, right. to be a support mechanism to well make them make them feel good edified have solidarity there right well, it, um, it, it may involve supporting them in other ways that are not directly related to your why and the tribe, but just um, supporting them in their activities within the tribe, right? To be a, have a supportive culture, to have a supportive environment. Uh, it's going to make people feel good about being involved in the mm-hmm. tribe. Right. You know, if you're constantly putting them down or not supporting them, uh, they're not seeing the love, if you will, so to speak, then why am I here? Right. Why am I doing this? This is not. This doesn't feel good to me. Right. I'm not getting emotional value out of this. So, why do I want to participate in this? Um. It's you know it's all about the leadership. It's all about creating a safe environment within the tribe and feel like you're supported. You're gonna stay around, stay engaged. Right. So that's gonna wrap up our uh, episode on Seth Gooden's uh, book, The Tri- uh, Tribes. Highly recommend it to you. Like I said, it's a small book. It's a short read. Uh, it's an easy read. Um, so I highly recommend uh, that you pick it up. Give mm-hmm. give it a give it a read and see what kind of impact uh, the value that Seth's trying to deliver through his book uh, would have an input uh, input and impact into your life. Um, so I very much appreciate you joining us today, taking time out of your day. Um, an hour of your day to take a listen to us. We hope that we generated some value in your life uh, with our episode today. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Megan. Always happy to. Always Enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll see everybody next Tuesday, right, Jack? Exactly. So, again, thanks for joining us today. And um, if y'all do us a favor, just hit that subscribe button. Uh, like, share, tell your friends, help us generate a lot more value so that we can uh, create compounding value through this podcast. There Thanks, you y'all. go. There you go. Always got to bring in compounding value, right? Compounding. Love it. <laughs> All right, everybody have a great week and we'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.